1: TC Live with you on a Friday evening in what has turned into a weekend of opportunity in Monte Carlo. Number one player in the world lost yesterday while the guy who's won this event 11 times was unable to play at all. Who will seize that opportunity this weekend? Coming up on the show, Daniil Medvedev has been virtually untouchable all year, but after a Houdini escape last night, would he run out of luck? Who says Americans don't like clay? Taylor Fritz clearly does doing something in Monte Carlo we haven't seen in two decades. And we haven't seen Venus in a while, but it doesn't mean she isn't playing, but playing what? All that to be answered as we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live on this Friday. So glad you're with us as we reach the business end of the Monte Carlo Masters with Chris Eubanks here in the Tennis Channel Studios and Andy Roddick at the home office. You just watched the all-Italian battle as Yannick Sinner opened up a can against Lorenzo Musetti.
2: Musetti beats Djokovic yesterday. A little exhale for him today, did it seem like to you, Chris? Uh, it didn't to start off the match. Honestly, to start off the match, I just think he was just getting beaten. I thought the matchup just didn't really suit well for him, trying to create height and span center at six foot three, loving to hit down down on the ball, taking big cuts, and that's what you saw a lot of in the first set, a quick 6-2 set, and then I think you saw the air kind of go out of the cell of Lorenzo Musetti. He had a couple breakpoint opportunities early in the second set, didn't capitalize, and from then on out, you could see he began to get a bit dejected, looking at his box, having a few words. So, first set, he came out strong. He just wasn't the better player. Yannick Center was just absolutely clubbing the ball. There wasn't that much else he could do, and then you got to see a little bit of the dejected, vibe that came off the rent, the end of lorenzo musetti after
1: andy it's a storyline we've seen before you score the biggest win of your life and you sometimes struggle
0: yep. to back it up
3: Yeah, I think, uh, I think Chris is right. I think that, that that's part of it. It is hard. Um, but the matchup was a bad one for Musetti today. I mean, what, what Novak couldn't do well yesterday, and we don't often say that at all, it seems like it's been 15 years since we've said that, but he didn't serve great. A serve was kind of sitting on Musetti, he was getting a great hit on it. Center served a lot better today. I uh, was able to make more first serves do damage on first serves. His second serve was getting up and away uh, on that second, really getting some good kick on it. Novak was kind of hanging yesterday. And once he got control to the rally with his forehand, Musetti wasn't able to get back to neutral. It felt like he was defending more than he would have wanted to. For as good an offensive player as Musetti is on clay, he still doesn't like to defend off that backhand side. And Sitter just went there all day long. I will
1: right, we'll show you the highlight of that match a little bit later in the show, but we want to start with some of the earlier quarterfinals. But to do that, <laughs> We actually have to go back to last night, 11.15 p.m. last night. After the rain delay, Daniil Medvedev and Sasha Zverev went three hours and five minutes. Zverev served for the match in the second. He served for the match in the third. Had two match points in the third set tiebreak and still somehow this man, Medvedev, managed to escape. And so less than 24 hours later, Andy, he was back at it against Holger Rune and had some issues.
3: Yeah, I think the issue was, was Bruno, and he is so good at going from kind of neutral and then recognizing that ball, like right here, look at he kind of lays one off, and then right there is able to, his awareness on the court right now and what's going to come next. Runa is a good mover, but he gets off the jump, anticipating the next ball really, really well, which is rare for such a young player that's normally developed over reps. And then he throws in that one as well. Goes from six feet behind the baseline to hitting a dropper from three feet inside. I was really impressed with a very mature performance uh, from Runa, And this is like, this won't get hot shot of the day because we don't like shots that are incredibly nuanced. But on the full stretch, (laughs) one hand off the racket to hit that floater. And he ended up breaking uh, to to serve it out. So complete performance for Runa. I love what I've seen from him. His body is night and day. So strong compared to a couple of years ago.
1: Just 11 winners in the match from Medvedev. He won just 58% of his first serve points. Just his fourth loss of the year against 31 wins. But let's tip the cap to Holger Runa, who joins Carlos Alcaraz as the only two guys to beat Medvedev since the Australian Open. 10th career top 10 win for the... Uh, What is he? Norwegian? Danish? Uh, Let's hear what he had to say. Yes, he's from up there. He's from one of those countries up there. Here's what he said to Prakash. You looked very, very comfortable today tell us a little bit about what worked so well.
2: I played very well and I was executing my game plan extremely good. Um, I really had a purpose on how to play and I, I managed to do it, you know, every game un- unless one game I got broken. But I really stayed cool and, and I stayed in the moment. And, and, you know, I should say Daniel has been playing some incredible tennis and is one of the best players in the world. So I know I had to play my best um, and I did. He's from Denmark,
1: that country up there. Um, so he makes the quarterfinals at Roland Garros last year. He's obviously comfortable on the clay. Where, where is he among your contenders at Roland Garros this year now?
2: He's got to be one of the hot, one of the favorites. I wouldn't say he's definitely Rafa Alcaraz are going to be the staples. But I, you look at a kid this young to come in there and have his breakout slam at Roland Garros. He's going to come back. Even more confident because he has a Masters 1,000. He has a chance here to win another Masters 1,000 on his favorite surface, which is clay. And I think you've got to put him up there somewhere around the top five favorites. I don't know exactly. I have to go through, look at the entries. we got to see what Novak's health is. I think that's going to be a big question mark for a lot of players. Stefanos today with a pretty disappointing performance. But you got to at least throw his name in there. He's been playing exceptionally well. He moves exceptionally well on the clay. And I think the biggest thing for me is Holger's variance between his top level and his bottom level mm-hmm. isn't that much different. And I think that's going to be a really big factor in order to put together two weeks of good tennis in Roland Garros. Full credit
1: to Runa, Andy. But obviously, Medvedev, when you win as much as he's been winning, it means you've played a lot of matches in a lot of places and gone deep in a lot of tournaments. He also played late last night. Tough to turn around. Do we just chalk that up to a little fatigue today?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's in shape enough to to have turned it around. I mean, he was playing in 50 degree weather last night. So you're not worried about hydration. You know, it's a little easy for your body to recover. I, I don't think that was the issue. I think Holger was, Runa was, was the problem today. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe not so much as his, his body, but listen, Medvedev coming in, I mean, I remember a year ago, we're saying, is this guy going to win a match the entire clay court season? <laughs> so to treat a quarterfinal and beating quality opponents at Monte Carlo like a disappointment from him uh, just because he was so successful uh, on the hard court, I think is a bit of a stretch. I thought, I, yeah, listen, if you, if you told him going into the week, hey, you're going to get your clay court feet under you. You're going to play a couple of really good matches. You're going to get through some tough situations and maybe settle into the clay court season a little
1: bit. I think this is a good way Week from Ebedev beats Senego, beats Vera von Clay. He's judging yeah. himself against his own standard on hard courts. By the way, Runa up to number seven in the live rankings, so he is a rocket ship that continues to rise. Let's go to the early quarterfinal today. World number one hundred, Jan Lennart Struif qualified, makes the quarters, beat Casper
2: Ruud, but today. And he ran into Andre Rublev. Yeah, he's currently world number 100, but he's a guy who has been inside Still the can. top 100, and he was a pr- pretty strong staple when he was there. Coming back from injury, started off well. Got up an early break on Andre Rublev, and that was about all there was to cheer for in that first set. After that, Rublev went on the run six games in a row to take that first set, and then it started off in the second set. Rublev getting up an early break. Stroop battling back, as he always does to get things back on serve and that's the Andre Rublev we have come to know and expect and sometimes love. (laughs) You see that show of emotion, how bad he wants to win, such a perfectionist on this court. But he gets it, uh, the great thing I love about him, he gets out his frustration and it doesn't affect the next point. He's able to dial back in, lock back in and play some really, really good tennis in order to close out this match against a confident opponent in the street
1: career Masters 1000 semifinal for Andre Rublev. He served us 50% in the match, but it was good enough. It seems as we go to Taylor Fritz into his second straight quarterfinal in Monte Carlo, taking on Sitsipas, who was the two-time defending champ.
3: Holy drop shot on the move to the right there, Brett Haver. Who is this Taylor Fritz that we're watching? (laughs) Stick save here. And this translates to every service. He will flatten that out. I don't care what you're playing on. That will work. We were wondering, will this pace of shot be able to dictate to the back end right there? Standard shot, but sticks it enough not to give Stepanos any time at all. Stepanos was just searching for a moment today where he could dictate play. Didn't get enough of these rallies where he was making Taylor do that little check step hop thing uh, to the left on the back end to create space for the forehead. Just did not get enough of those opportunities because Taylor was just sticking the shot, giving himself a lot more room on returns uh, as opposed to last year. They did this side-by-side, and Taylor's doing a great job of giving himself time on the return, sticking it, and then looking for that third shot, Uh, not being patient, coming out of his shoes,
1: impressive performance from Taylor Fritz. He's the real deal on play this year, Brett. He clearly is lost just 11 points on his serve in the match, beat Tsitsipas for the first time after losing their first three meetings. How rare is it for an American to make the semis in Monte Carlo? Well, Taylor becomes the first to do it since... Ain't afraid of Vince Spadia 20 years ago. Taylor also notches his first career top 10 win on the clay and his 23rd match win of the year. That's third most after Medvedev and Sinner. Spadia wasn't afraid of you. Didn't you guys split your two semifinals, Andy?
3: I honestly don't remember, but Spadia would have been scared of Taylor Fritz the way that he's playing (laughs) right now, I'll tell you that much.
1: Let's hear from Taylor after his clay court triumph. You came out so hot out there. Can you talk a little bit about the strategy which you wanted to employ?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, what makes Steph so tough on any surface is, is the forehand and what makes him even tougher on clay is the extra time he gets to to get around and attack. And it's tougher to hurt him to the forehand side because he
2: has that extra time to get over there. He's moves so well to it. So um, I wanted to just go early and often backhand line for an inside and attacking that side as much as possible to open
3: up
1: space for me to then play heavy, play to the backhand. Yeah, I played really well, and I was able to do what I wanted to do. Sounds like a sound strategy to me. So Taylor Fritz, a guy who has 27 career match wins on clay, beats the two-time defending champion at this event. Chris, is that a surprise result, or is Taylor now playing well enough on clay and on all surfaces that this is not a surprise result?
2: It wasn't much of a surprise to me. I, I told a few friends, in which I spoke to yesterday, I said, I think Fritz has a very good chance to against Tsitsipas. I think Fritz might have a pretty good VPN because he must have been tuning in to TC Live (laughs) and listening to Andy's suggestions on how to attack Stavano Sinsipas. He said the exact same thing. I wanted to use the backhand line early. I want to attack him to his forehand side to open him up to the backhand side. A lot of times players try to go to one side exclusively. Stefanos is too good to allow that to happen. He moves too well. He must have been listening to our very own Andy Roddick with a very good sound coaching advice.
1: Do you need a VPN to play video games in your room in Monte Carlo? Because I know at least Taylor's got that kind of technology hooked up.
3: Listen. If I'm certain of one thing, it's that VPN humor is my absolute favorite. Um, I will tell you though. Uh, I will tell you though. Coming into coming into this week, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I didn't know what we were going to see with Taylor Fritz. We got a very small sample size last year in, in in Monte Carlo. So it was kind of like the what if. We know that he to hit through the court. Was he going to make the adjustments? I said earlier in the week, I'm curious to see what his risk profile is going to be uh, on the return. He's decidedly decided he's going back five or six feet further back than he was last year at this tournament, which he has success with. I feel like he's comfortable with his strategy right now. And the part that he never has to think about is if he has two feet under him, pound it to the corners. He does that on hard He can do that on grass. He can do that on clay, but he's just switching things up enough. And he, it feels like he's very clear in his mind on what he wants to do on, 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 the dirty stuff.
1: Chris Eubanks, world number 87 tennis TV analyst and your it guy here on tennis channel. <laughs> um, by the way, did you see what Sissy Puss wrote on the lens the other day when he won his, his previous match? It was a little curious. He wrote clay court in the U S is like a unicorn on a skateboard which made everybody look at that and go what the hell is he talking about he didn't even know he was going to play taylor fritz at the time so then taylor beats him today and responds with this usa clay
2: question mark what what, what is Sitsipas doing and why is he doing it i have no idea uh, I... <laughs> sorry he spoke a little bit to Perkaus, and Prakash asked for a little bit of clarification about it and he said i don't think i should clarify i think it speaks for itself i I was confused. I think Prakash was confused. You were confused. I, I had no idea what it was supposed to mean. But Stefano's is uh, it's a bit different in, I think, a lot of his thought process and his philosophical uh, statements, I guess, is the best way to try to put it. Help us out here, Andy.
3: Yeah, I wish I could. It, so it, it, you're writing about skateboards and unicorns and then expecting everyone to just get it right away. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, I don't think any of us got it. It was a little weird. Um I, like, I don't know. We're analyzing skateboards and unicorn bro, I don't know. Where and to we're go trying
1: to analyze Stefano Sitsipas' mind, which may be as yep. difficult as analyzing skateboards and unicorns and VPNs and IT guys, but we're doing our best to try to understand this took a, a, a complex turn. guy. It did. It got a little weird here. I don't mind admitting it. it. Took a turn. We'll take a break. We'll see if we can bring it back in. Uh, we'll check out some of the other quarterfinal uh, action. We'll get a very special 20th anniversary message for Tennis Channel Plus. After notching the biggest win of his career, why couldn't that man beat that man in an all-Italian showdown? season. Check it out today for live scores and stats and results and follow the draws and get access to full match replays on TennisChannel.com. download the app visit the website to get all the information that you need. Time now for a special tennis channel team member 20th anniversary message.
2: When we first got either cable or satellite, we didn't have a tennis channel. When we got it, it was all I watched. So I can remember probably around 11 or 12 being able to actually be able to watch Tennis Channel. Really, I thought it was pretty cool. I can remember things from the Tennis Channel Academy, the little minute clinics, like all of those little things, bag checks, things that as a kid I would watch on TV and say, man, I'd love to be able to you know, do some of those things or play some of those, play some of the matches, obviously, that, that we're showing on Tennis Channel. So to kind of be in this situation now, I think it's pretty cool. But Tennis Channel has always been a, a favorite of mine. And everyone at Tennis Channel, want to wish you a happy 20th anniversary.
1: Nice to know that we go so far back with you, Chris Eubanks. It's been a thrill getting to to know you, getting to have you on our team this past year. Where are you going to play next? That's the most important question.
2: Heading golf for three weeks in Korea. I was able to build a little bit of momentum on the hard courts. I figured I'd search far and wide to try to find the nearest hard court during this clay court (laughs) season. And I'm very excited to go back to Korea. Three weeks of challengers, 125 in Seoul, a 75 in Gwangju, and then another 125 in Busan. So big events. Um, looking forward to putting together some really good weeks.
1: Andy, I know you were busy playing pickleball in Miami, but did you get as big a kick out of watching what this guy did as we all did?
3: I, I thought it was great. I thought the storytelling was great. I thought, I, I, I honestly, uh, like, emotions like that, uh, the disbelief, even though you should kind of believe it, uh, was, was endearing. Um, I, I thought the, you know, opportunity knocked, and he answered the door. I thought it was great.
1: So no Madrid, Rome. The cutoff's a little too high for those. Will you play one of the lead-ups the week before Roland Garros and then obviously straight into Roland Garros?
2: Yeah, looking forward to uh, making a trip possibly over to Geneva. Yeah. Uh, So going to decide between Lyon and Geneva. Very excited to be able to go over, play an actual tour event on the Red Clay. I've had the opportunity to play Houston uh, a few times, but this is going to be my first time playing a tournament outside of Roland Garros, a tour event on the Red Clay. I'm excited. I I really am. I, I know this is a little bit of time of the year in which in the past I would maybe avoid as much as possible. But <laughs> right now, I think my confidence is high. I'm watching a lot of clay court tennis, learning as much as I can. So I'm hoping to use some of these tactics that I'm learning here and talking about and implementing it in my own game.
1: And by the way, not to get too far ahead, then comes the grass season. Holla, Queens, Wimbledon. Oh, that's going to be a full schedule. He's not skipping any weeks, though. That's going to be a full (laughs) schedule. All right. Chris Eubanks is going to play all the grass events. We've got more to come on the show. Venus Williams hasn't played a tour event since January, but she has picked up a new racket of sorts. We'll explain. Don't forget, more live tennis coming your way tonight. Day one of Team USA's Billie Jean King Cup qualifier against Austria. It'll be Coco Gauff leading off against world number 78 Julie Graber, and Jessica Pagula against Simona Krauss, Hall of Famers Tracy Austin and Pam Shriver will have the call from Delray Beach at 6 Eastern as we head back to the quarter you were watching just before TC Live. Muzetti. Coming off the Djokovic win, taking on his
2: buddy Yannick Center, Chris. And did not get off to the start he would have liked, but I attribute that to just Yannick oh. Center playing some very oh, good should, balls to start off the be. match. Pay mouth, very sharp, not giving too many unforced errors. Musetti was able to try to get his way into this match a little bit, win a point here, trying to force the issue. You hear the come on, trying to rally, get the crowd to rally behind him, but that wasn't that much to cheer for from Musetti. You see the center forehand there, that's just absolutely. Listering cross court who said he was on his heels for the vast majority of this match even when he had the opportunity to be a bit aggressive center came up with the goods when we needed it five one double break who said he just struggling to be able to manufacture a little bit of momentum here he goes with a couple break point opportunities early to start the second you think maybe if he's able to get one of them he can turn the tide but center again just having the answer being put in an uncomfortable situation and then after that you could kind of feel the wind go out of the cell who said he said just continued his work as he has been doing the past few months and playing some very, very good ball on this red play surface.
1: So fourth Masters 1000 semifinal for center. He talked about getting the win against his good buddy. It was not not easy um, playing against him. I know uh, his ability, um, his style, and especially on, on this surface. So I knew that
2: I have. That I have to step up uh, trying to take my chances uh, um, and be, 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 uh, before then him and um, and yeah so uh,
1: for sure starting breaking him early give me a lot of confidence and obviously very
2: happy about the performance
1: all right so the semifinals are now set in Monte Carlo it'll be Fritz against Rublev from the bottom half Runa against sinner from the top half. Fritz and Rublev have played each other six times. Taylor has won four of the six, including their last three meetings. We will preview both of the semifinals a little bit later in the show, but it's time for the social net on this Friday. And we start with the WTA's announcement that 16 months after pulling their tournaments out of China in response to the Peng Shui controversy, they're going back into China this fall, including the WTA finals. Uh, Steve Simon saying that they have been given assurances that Peng shui is alive and healthy but the china is clearly not going to answer the rest of their questions and they have to try something new andy is this cowardice by the wta is this inevitable by the wta or is this both
3: yeah i guess i'm not sure why they have to give them something and why that something would be a world tour final type event um there, there's kind of dipping your toes back in and testing the financial viability that could be beneficial for the tour, then there's kind of erasing everything and giving them the, the, the signature event uh, on the WTA Tour and kind of wiping our hands clean. Um, you know, we asked for answers they didn't give us any, so therefore we're just going to go back to normal Is is a little odd.
1: Chris, it's an interesting situation for the players. Obviously you're all individual contractors, the women are as well. They have a choice. They don't have to go back, on the other hand. A huge chunk of the financial stake of their tour is in Asia. Are they going to have tough decisions to make these players?
0: Yeah,
2: it's, it's a business decision, I think, at the end of the day for WTA, and it's also going to be a business decision for the players involved. I know there were a lot of players involved that I spoke with that are very concerned um, with the overall situation. So it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. Are they going to completely just fall in line and go on back and try to continue with business as usual or will there be certain players who will speak out we've seen many players on the wta be outspoken on certain issues will they speak out and boycott the tournament so it's going to be interesting
1: i can think of a moment when the UAE did not give a visa to shahar pair of israel and a certain andy roddick refused to play that event there is a history in the sport of players making principled stands at moments that are important wonder how many will do it this year let's move on Venus Williams has not played a tour event since January, but look what is in her hand.
2: Chris, that is a pickleball pal. Is that a pickleball pal? Venus, she's she spent her fair share of time on a tennis court. I think she's kind of dabbling in other racket sports, whether that's pickleball, whether that's paddle. She's just kind of... Is, is, that, is that
1: padel or is I believe, that? Pickle? I believe it
2: is. Okay. I, don't, I don't believe that's the pickleball paddle. I uh, I play my fair share of pickleball, Brett. We got to get out there at some point. I, open uh, pickleball at the Griffin Club tonight. You're invited. Right, I might be there. Don't don't <laughs> worry. Um, but yeah, she's just I, brought in her arising, enjoying this time in her career.
3: Yeah, it's like, and people get real offended if you're like paddle, and they're like, no, it's padel, and like they get real all offended if you mispronounce one of these made up games, Brett.
1: I'm sorry so would you, just you broke up there Andy would you say that again I, you call you called it what now
3: I said everyone gets offended if you call it paddle and it's actually Padel yes I'm, I said there's like Twitter will come get you if you mispronounce one of these made-up games for made
1: I'd like to point out that that was Andy who said that uh, speaking of which yep. uh, you've dipped your toe into the pickle world uh how much have you played since the pickleball slam in Miami
3: I have played zero. You want to know the sad state of affairs with this body that I uh, inhabit right now, Brett, is that I played 10 weeks of, like, twice a week of barbecue games and have a stress fracture in my knee and a torn in meniscus, so uh, that's that. That's where
2: my body is at these days.
1: Chris, can't you wait to be in your 40s? Isn't it going to, I mean, look what you have to look forward
2: to, Chris. Uh, not yet, not yet. I, I'm going to just take my time, and I'll try to get there whenever I get there, but at some point, and oh. you got to know coming out there cold man you got to keep that body warm go ahead hop on the table get a little bit of treatment some hip moves you can't just come out there like you used to when you were a young buck
3: I refuse to get get on a table an hour before pickleball practice <laughs> my pride won't let me professionalism at its no. finest
1: huh He's a finely tuned machine even today. Uh, a reminder of how you can watch your, <laughs> watch your tennis tomorrow. Tennis Channel begins coverage of the semis in Monty 7:30 a.m. Eastern. Back with another edition of TC Live immediately following. That should be around 11.30 a.m. Then day two coverage of the Billie Jean King Cup tie in Del Rey. That's at two. And on-court coverage throughout the night. Can we get a masseuse to Andy's house, please? <laughs> All right, hot shot of the day is from the Center musetti match. It's not the nuanced shot you were asking for, but it's pretty good, Andy.
3: Yeah, this is, this is legit. I mean, talk about getting some speed. Flat, down the line. <laughs> It's always good when you hit a winner and your opponent's now within 20 feet of it as it goes by. him. I mean, that was apparently 108 uh, on Hawkeyes. Serious speed created by Sinner there.
1: alright 6'2, 6'2 for Sinner. That brings us to our featured matches tomorrow. There are only two in Monte Carlo, so these are them, the semis. Fritz against Rublev, Runa against Sinner. We'll have it for you starting at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Our team on the ground there is Danny Kleppinger and Prakash Amitraj, and they've got a preview.
0: All right, Brett, back at our FanDuel desk. P. Taylor Fritz was sensational in his quarterfinal, now in the semis against Andre Rublev, a seventh meeting between them. How's it going to go?
1: Well, he's got that 4-2 head-to-head against Rublev. Uh, Over the course of their careers, you'd certainly have to consider Rublev a bit more comfortable on clay. But, listen, he showed me something against Tsitsipas. I mean, those backhand down the lines, mixing in those forehand droppers. He's looking really confident, and I think Taylor going to be the first American back in the final here in Monte Carlo since Krikstein in 92. I said it, D. Wouldn't that be
0: awesome? Alright, we are going to have an amazing semifinal Saturday here in Monaco.
1: We got Aaron Krikstein and Vince Spadia into the show. You've got the Chanda pick of the day on the same match. Andy, who you got?
3: I mean, listen, it's tough for me to stay humble uh, having swept the week so far, but I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Fritz tomorrow, and I don't know that I I would have said that at the beginning of the week. I think he's going to get a little bit more out of his serve. Uh, I like the way he's punching to the corners. He's going to be able to access uh, the backhand of Rublev. He's proven that pace uh, will win, and apparently he likes the matchup with a 4-2 edge. So I'm going to go Taylor Fritz to make the Monte Carlo finals.
1: All right, so that's what Prakash says. That's what Andy says. Here's your first courage test as a Tennis Channel analyst. Do you go against the American and pick Rublev here? Or do you make it three in a row for Fritz?
2: Oh, I feel bad because my picks have usually gone very bad uh, throughout my time here at Tennis Channel. I've started <laughs> off trying to pick the Americans because I know them and I just believe in them that much, and it hasn't gone well, but I'm right with Andy. I'm going to go with Fritz. I think Fritz is playing well. I think he's getting more and more confident the more matches that he spends on it. And I was really excited to hear the adjustments that he's making. Andy highlighted it. He's given himself a little bit more space on the, uh, from the baseline, specifically on return. He's given himself time to take cuts. And if he can get a forehand, and get Rublev on the defense on the clay, I think that's going to be a key factor for him.
1: And he's got a great VPN, apparently, which gives him great reception while he's over there in Monte Carlo. (laughs) Let's look at the other (laughs) semifinal, Runa against Sinner. Chris, we heard Runa say last week that he wants to be part of the next quote-unquote big three with Sinner and Alcaraz.
2: He's beaten them. The only other time they've played, is he going to beat them tomorrow? I don't think so. The, The form that I saw from Yannick Sinner today, what I saw from him yesterday... Saving a match point against Huber Hukac and dominating the third set, 6-1. He's playing some really, really good ball. Even from some of the form that we saw of him in Miami, I just think he's going to be too much. I think he's going to be some exciting tennis, though. I will say, I think the Runa center match is going to be really, really entertaining. Get your popcorn. Be ready. There's going to be some big hitting. There's going to be probably a lot of emotion coming from the side of Holger Runa. But... You're definitely guaranteed some high-quality tennis, some big striking, specifically off the forehand, but I picked Center to win that match.
1: Maybe the X factor in this match, Andy, is the Italian crowd. They've represented big time all week, and they're going to support Center tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I think
3: Runa likes that sort of thing. He's not scared to mix it up. Yeah. He normally tries to create the commotion, so I don't <laughs> think he's going to shy away from it. Uh, I think Runa's getting more out of his serve. Um, even though Center served well today against Musetti, uh, Center was able to just clean every return today. It was... It was you know, Mussetti was almost kind of throwing in a second serve for a first serve uh, as we uh, randomly show Sinner versus Herkacz. Uh, <laughs> <not, but>, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think one of the, one of the things I'm going to be looking at, uh, which, which will kind of affect the pattern of play, is Ruda has been so good about kind of hitting that stress-free ball up the line uh, as a pattern where he's not taking a huge risk, but the ball's getting up and away on, on people's backhands. I don't know if he'll be able to pull that off against center or will center kind of be able to do that reverse circle C and get around uh, to hit forehands? That's going to be telling early on, and I look forward to seeing it. I am going to go counter. I think I'm going to go runa.
1: Okay, very good. That, that was the match point that Sinner saved against Hurkacz, so it wasn't completely random. Our tape guys are on the stick. Uh, do you want to preview one other match, and that's the opener tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern, of the Billie Jean King Cup tie in Delray Beach. Coco Gauff against Julie Grabher of Austria. This is a home tie for the U.S. It's really a home tie for Coco, who lives in Delray Beach. should be a great
2: atmosphere. Too. That's exactly what I was going to say. A home tie for the U.S., but I think Coco is going to be laying in her own bed, practicing on a course that she knows extremely well, and rest assured, there will be a lot of Delray Beach beach Florida and all of South Florida <laughs> coming out to support the US in this tie. You did a lot of great
1: things in your career Andy. I, I got to believe that 07 Davis Cup still ranks pretty high on the things that you covet.
3: covered. Yeah, I mean, listen, we don't we don't get a lot of shared experience uh on the professional circuit. Um so that was a, a huge deal. Uh, we actually played a a, a tie at the at the stadium there in Delray Beach and that can work that can work different ways. Some people love playing at home, some people feel uh there's an added pressure set Uh, Bococco is obviously going to have support. And, you know, listen, having Jesse Begula playing the other singles match alleviates a lot of that pressure, too. All
1: right. So we'll have that for you coming up at 6 p.m. Eastern with Pam and Tracy. One other note just coming into Tennis Channel. Daniil Medvedev on the heels of his loss today has withdrawn from Barcelona. Perfectly understandable. Played a lot of ball. Needs a rest as he heads into the double 1,000s back-to-back in Madrid and Rome. That's going to do it for us today. We'll see you tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. Eastern for semifinal Saturday in Monte Carlo. And don't forget, 6 p.m for the Billie Jean King Cup for Chris and Andy and our entire crew. And those two little whippersnappers, we'll see you later.